I'm Allison Knowlton Mason. I'm Stanley Bradley, and we're friends turned family, getting together to tell stories, laugh, observe, and think. This is a family meeting. All right, well, here we are, season two. Woo Very excited. We had a really nice break, and I'm really glad that we did not advertise when we were coming back because yeah. this was the ordained moment to come back. <laughs> we got the good break that we needed. Yeah. Um, and we have so many new things this season. Obviously, if you're watching us on YouTube, that's one. And that also indicates that I was successful in turning this into something viewable. So yay me. And then two, we have guests with us. And Ooh. so we're super excited that this season we're going to be tackling the same eight topics but with members of our family joining us. And so that is something that we have been looking forward to all the break, setting up operations and logistics and mailing things and making Google Docs. So many Google Docs. So many Google Docs. <laughs> and so we're super excited to welcome our first guest. Stan, take it away. Hey, everybody. So our first guest is somebody I have known for, gosh, over half my life which is, if you put it like that, a really long time, but that's cool. She was probably the first, I would say one of the first members of my family, somebody outside of the immediate Bradley Miller Raglan clan. Um, so it's my friend and soon to be your friend too, Tia Valia. What's going on? Hi, Stanley. How are you? Okay. I'm good. I'm great. I'm great. Okay. So here we are. She's our first guest. So we're just going to try this. She's going to go first. She's going to tell us a little bit about how she connected with me and then through me, Allison, and then we'll just go from there and kick off our conversation. Um, so I know Stanley from high school. Um, we were, we went to all black high school and, but we were like the cool black nerds, I think of the group. I, I can get with that. Yeah. I was probably a little more nerdy than you were. Yes. You were, you oh, were, yes. Yeah. Yes. You were super cool. I was, I mean, I was nerdy. It was high school. I'm fine with that. No, no. Stan was like such a scholar in high school and, you know, just in all the things. Um, and then we really connected because we went to prom. Stan asked me to prom when I was a sophomore and he was a senior. And that was like a really big deal. I did yes. not know that. You, you didn't, didn't know that? that? No. Yeah, I was That's like amazing. Yeah, I was like, she's cool. I'm like, I'm gonna ask her to prom. It was, it was like, I think we were only two sophomores that year that went to prom. You and Patrice, right? No, um, a girl named Tamika went with um LeBaron. Do you remember that? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, and then after high school, Stan went on to Morehouse, and a few years later, I went to Spelman, and we just have been just so connected since then. I think. Yeah. So what I'm going to tell people is, I'm going to go back, and this is going to, this is really weird, but when we first met, what we realized is that our parents and families had known each other even before that, because I remember when I went to your house, I think your dad was like, that's Charles boy. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know that? He's like, I know Charles and Audrey. And that's the way it is where we grew up yeah. is like people, even though we just met in high school, they knew each other 
from way back. So Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that was one of the reasons they were okay with me going to prom because they knew your family. They're like, okay, he's a good kid. You know, they're from, you know, the country. So. Yeah. <laughs> they're from an approved list. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So we've been knowing each other ever since then. And then you met Allison at my 30th birthday party, right? I swear, I think that was the first time. Like I'd heard I so. about Allison, but you had like this really cute party. And like, there were all these, like, I remember we had a craft, we made that picture frame. And there were, I think there was, was there like a blue theme? It was because, blue, because blue is my favorite color. Like yes, navy. There was like blue curacao. Yes, that was like the signature drink. I remember because yes. I was like, what is carousel? Like, this so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. And I remember us doing like, what's that? Crank that. Like the Soldier Boy song. Do you remember that? I, I do. I we were in like the living room bro. dancing. Getting hard. it in. That was your jam. That was Soldier Boy. <laughs> like you and all your teacher friends, like y'all were just... We were getting like, it in. Yes. <laughs> I was, I, I'm going to say that started Allison's creative empire because oh. that was an awesome party. So we're going to start that as the party. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, there were two cakes. I distinctly yes. remember that there were multiple cakes and then that we had like a whole name for it. It was called like SRB 3.0. Yeah, no, it and was a invitations were mailed and yeah, yes, like it I, was I a lot. I went to Atlanta. I remember. Yeah, because yeah. you were you were still in DC, right? Yes, I was in DC. I remember I missed my flight too. And so I got there kind of late, but I remember, yeah. So that was epic. Thanks to Allison. There you go. So that's how we've all been connected, I think. Um, so fast forward, it's 2021. That's been almost 13 years ago. I'm 43 now, y'all. Anyway, we'll skip that subject. Um, <laughs> What's going on with you now? What are you up to these days? Um, so now I'm back in our hometown um, in Huntsville and I'm a mother, a wife and a mother. I have two children and I have a photography business. Um, I do portraits and headshots mainly, but since the pandemic, I started quilting. So mm. I developed this technique to turn pictures into portrait quilts if people can kind of wrap their minds around that and wow uh, wow that's the sauce girl that's the secret sauce oh, you can't like, tell us okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so I've been doing that and it's just it's just like kind of taken off and it was like the perfect pandemic hobby um because I didn't have to you know be around people and I could just you know do my thing and I posted a picture of a quilt I made for my mom. I just like was like, oh, I have this idea. I'm just gonna like bring out the sewing machine and watch some YouTube videos and figure stuff out. And I made her a quilt and I posted that on Facebook. And since then I've been like booked. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. And um, I That's entered amazing. an art competition, a folk art competition locally. So now I have some five quilts at a downtown um it's like a historic like site. It's like a hardware store, but they're doing an art exhibit there. And all my quilts are kind of about like black excellence. They kind of profile um, a few profile, like some 
great African-American women, Rosa Parks, Stacey Abrams, Amanda Gorman. And then I have some um, pictures of some African tulips. They're tulips using African fabric. So I've just been, I don't know, just booked and busy stuff. Yeah. Booked and busy. Yeah. Booked and busy. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you haven't figured out my family shoot thing is to choose people who are super creative. So that's what I do. So I choose the creative ones and I let them create and then I boost them up. So that's what I do. I love it. Oh, that's cool. I had seen a little bit of what you were doing on Instagram. And so it's cool to hear kind of how that started and what you're up to now. That's awesome. No, thank yeah. you. It's just, it's, it's like, it's been, it's just taken off and I've just totally like, I guess I'm just like obsessed with it. And I don't know a lot about the quilting community or textile arts, but I just, you know, I'm just, I think I'm taking a, I think I'm taking kind of like a way of like the Gen Z the millennials, how they just go for stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just like no holes bars. So I'm just That's going right. for it, you know? Yeah. There's That's a lot awesome. of people who are making quilts who are not as good as you and oh, making well, money. Thank you. So, yes. thank you. Yeah. Do it. That's what's up. Yeah. So that, I think that's pretty awesome. And you just, you talked a little bit about community and, you know, thinking about family. Um, clearly, you and I are family. Um, how do you define that term? Like, what is that for you? When I say family, what are you thinking about? It's just like, um, I think it's like when the, when the lie, the lines get blurred between your family and friends. Like you just have your homie homies, like your people who are down for you, ride or die. They know your family too. Right. So in my case, like, you know, our parents knew each other your parents spoiled me and I spent a lot of time with them. So like, they know your family dynamic, they know your family background, but they're just so close to you, you know, and you just always have, you know, a connection with people. Sometimes they're like your sounding board, you know, when your family's acting crazy and you can like call your friend and like tell them all the drama and like, you know, Stan, Stan can like say something that happened like 20 years ago. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like that connection that like has your back, but just can be a friend that's close enough. You know, you're welcome to Thanksgiving dinner, you know, without, yeah. they're like, who is that? Like, oh, that's Tia, that's Stan. Like, you yeah. know, it's just that really like that close, that close, close connection. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, I know you have, cause I, cause I've met them. I know you have your girls from college who you are really tight with. What keeps y'all connected? Like over all, like, cause that's been a few years since we've all graduated from school. Yeah. We'll be nice and say a few years. How do y'all sustain that connection or has it changed over time a little bit? I mean, no, I think we still try to keep close, you know, Things have changed, you know, back in the day, we used to like talk on the phone and, you know, <laughs> remember those days, like, but now it's like, you know, it's a little more texting because people, you know, have families and jobs and busy, but, you know, I just, we have that group chat. The text group chat is huge. You know, it's like, we're talking college gossip, you know, TV shows we're watching, you know, husband and kid drama, family drama, you know aging parents you know it's going to the group chat we're oh, yeah. in a 
we're sending memes, we're on Instagram, like, you know, sharing stories and all kinds of stuff. I think we're just always trying to stay connected. We have Zoom check-ins, you know, like we'll just have like a girl Zoom. Everybody's just checking in, see how we're doing. But, you know, it takes work, right? For sure. It takes work to keep connected, but we're always trying to like reach out, you know? Uh, it's like, I think Allison's like this too. Like, you know, oh, I had a dream about someone, yes. right? And so it's just like, if you have that dream, then you text that person be like, girl, you're just on my mind. Like, how mm-hmm. are you doing? You know, that's how we just, you know, you just have to that's put like, the effort. Now see, that's interesting. Cause I don't know that, like, I don't know that dudes do that. <laughs> like I'll I like we you're not like I mean even if you have a dream about somebody I don't know if you're necessarily reaching out and I'm one of those people I'm not one of those huge like men are from Mars women are from Venus kind of thing but I do think that is a difference I feel like for some reason women are I think you guys do better and maybe it's a cultural thing at staying connected because Allison you're real good at that and right like really being intentional about being connected to folks yeah yeah, but I guess my one of my questions I have for you, Tia, we were talking about this before we started recording too, is like, as a mom, like, how does that change? Like, you know, because it's like you have these whole human beings that you got to keep alive. And that is that takes a lot of your time, all of your time. And so I'm curious, like, where do your girls fit into that? I mean, it's it's hard, you know? I think it's a lot of... You know, texting and checking in during the day, or you're having conversations, you know, on the phone while you're yelling at your kid too. <laughs> you know, like, I'm on the phone, move, or you're just, you know, doing that push away with your hand, you know, doing hand <laughs> signals. Uh, but, you know, you do have to be intentional about it. But sometimes, like, we just do stuff when the kids go to bed. My kids go to bed at eight o'clock. So, after eight is, you know, mommy time to do what I need to do. And we'll, mm-hmm. you know, some, sometimes our partners, my husband helps. Like if we have dinner and like it conflicts with my girl zoom, it's like, okay, dad's got dinner tonight mm. and mommy's just going to go in the room and close the door so I can, you know, catch up with my friends, you know, but yeah, I mean, you yeah. have to make the time. Right. So always. Yeah. 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 But you know, once you like friends get it especially like after you have kids, like other moms get it. Like we yeah. get it. Like we know that we're hanging by a string some days. And <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to scare anybody. <laughs> okay, you, are, you already did. Sorry. You already did. Like, Paint a very saying. bleak picture of this whole thing. Girl. <laughs> I love my kids. <laughs> and if you're just listening to this and you didn't get to see the face that came with that sentence, go to YouTube right now and watch yeah. this, please. <laughs> in perpetuity like oh goodness let me um let me clean it up <laughs> i am such a family person i am dedicated to my children and my husband and my parents and my brother and i'm gonna that, that yeah. you are i can vouch for that <laughs> that you are we get those christmas cards every year at raglan circle listen, they're so listen, cute that's advanced though a christmas card is advanced well, we get them. I tried. I can't. Well, um, I, I honestly tried this year, and it's just me and Lance. And I took pictures, and that was it. There's a whole section of pictures on my phone. They didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I usually I, the best I can do is a family Instagram post. I'm like happy or Merry Christmas from the Masons, and that's that's all. That's, that's all good enough. That's good enough. I, I think I'm just old school, like 
tactile and yeah our christmas cards are a big deal because when do you shoot photos for them like now no usually we do them like thanksgiving we start okay, I, okay if i'm really organized i like to have them out the day after thanksgiving to be Ooh. honest so like you get the christmas card and it can like last until the new year because i usually do like a photo spread now it's sometimes 10 pictures so extra like it's a, i have to put you on our on our list like it's an accordion it's really cute yes it's really cute and it's it's right there on the um on the bookshelf right there you are yes. like momming to the extreme but right they, but my kids are like horrible like i get i'll take like 50 pictures and get like one good shot because they're crying <laughs> they're like are we done yet it's awful like it is not pretty behind the scenes but I do I like you know because if it, if the picture lives on your phone forever then what like no yeah it's there when it's you there, want to see it. right? no yeah. but it's it's the Christmas card Charles yeah. and Audrey look forward to the Christmas card yeah. and people like get kind of sassy about them because this yeah because like 2020 I didn't do a card so I sent a 2021 New Year's card and people were like where where's my picture and I'm like what picture they're like the picture you sent I was like oh the Christmas card oh yeah we didn't have it together this year I'm sorry like like it was a global pandemic yeah relax. It was a global pa- yeah like relax right relax but yeah it's a yeah it's a big deal it's very southern maybe I don't know if it's very southern but I feel like it's kind of southern too like it might sending be. Christmas cards like because I'm firmly midwestern and yeah. and i There are definitely people I know who send them every year, but like that was never a thing. Like I don't think the Knowltons ever really Christmas card. No, no. They, my mom. When I think when we were growing up, it was a little more like it. It wasn't photo shoots, but it was at least a card with all of our signatures on it. Mm -hmm. Until Mm -hmm. I went, yeah, yeah, sent to the all the relatives. Like no, and my grandmother used to keep hers on her mantle, and she would put everybody's cards and then then like if if they filled up the mantle then she would put them around the doorway oh wow and tap mm-hmm. them up and you know she was older so she got like literally 100 cards and would have them up yeah and that was that was her way of keeping in touch with her with her folks right mm-hmm. and i'd be like who is that and she'd be like you know and then you know how old people get <laughs> this is so and so and i'm like why did i ask who that is cuz clearly i don't know but you about to give me their family history like, right did now. Allison, did people send like the um, you know, the, the family newsletters? Did y'all ever get those? Sometimes, like, so much- yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Again, I I love all of that, and I aspire to that. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll maybe see. when there's a little Mason, maybe maybe we'll feel motivated. You will, because you're like, oh, we got. Well, yeah, you will. You will, because you'll want everybody to see the baby, and then everyone will want to see the baby. Check with me. Check with me in a couple of years. I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we wanted to start by kind of recapping some of the questions that we initially talked about, which is a couple that we've done so far. But then we were doing some more thinking about this and wanted to kind of deepen the conversation a little bit. And so um, one thing we were trying to think about and wanted to raise to you and then like talk about ourselves as well is like, how do we, how, how do we as people who like, maintain an active family, like navigate challenges within that family. So I was like, Tia, you mentioned a couple of things of like, you know, sometimes you have family drama that you take to your family, etc. cetera. Um, but what are y'all's thoughts on like what to do when 
stuff comes up folks acting ugly or like you know different like illnesses or, or different hard times that pop up for me I mean it's just about like okay say I'll say for instance I um have a friend who is just kind of going through a hard time right now and you know it's just kind of hard to get a hold of her and you know she has like family stuff and um you know work stuff and aging parents and I just you know, I just sent her a card, like an old school card, you mm. know, because to say like, hey, I'm thinking of you. If you feel like you don't have anyone else, you have me, mm-hmm. you know, if I just want you to know, even if we don't talk, you know, even if you're too busy to text, just know that I'm here for you. I love you. I'm praying for you. You know, I'm sending out positive vibes, you know, out in the world, just, you know, just for you. And then, you know, when things calm down, you know, let's talk, let's catch up. But I think, you know, it's just about, I think, well, most of my family, like we don't act up too bad. I mean, I'll, I mean, Stan is like, kind of like, you know, the worst about keeping in touch. He Um, really is. I I just want everybody to know that. Really bad. This is me crouching. And you know, I will, I will like say, hey, Hey, Allison, Is Stan okay? Is everything all right? I hadn't heard from him. Yep, that has to happen too. Sometimes, mm-hmm. Stanley. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking sheepish. I'm, sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you do. I'm looking sheepish. This is me. <laughs> this is me owning it completely and fully. It's down there in the dock too. Right. Sometimes you just need proof of life. You know. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That's proof true. of life. To and and I just always want my friends to know like if they ever needed anything, I mean, my family, like my tight knit circle, if you ever needed anything, you know, I'm going to try to help you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just my way. Yeah. And I think, and I think thinking about that too, and as someone who, like I, like you all have clearly said, I can be a little bit self-contained sometimes. (laughs) I think that that's my nice way of putting it. I think that, um, where was I going with this? One of the things about growing older is I think trying to reconcile that being in diff, trying to keep that physical distance from not being an emotional distance, right? Mm -hmm. And really thinking about ways to do that. And it's one of the things that I will be perfectly honest, sometimes I struggle with, but you guys are good with keeping me in check. But also like Tia was saying, just reaching that, hand out and -hmm. knowing that even if I'm not talking to you, I'm thinking about you and that that connection is still there. Yeah. It's interesting though. Like that makes me think about something that my therapist said to me about letting people, uh, accept your love in the way that works for them. Mm -hmm. Because I get real and I, Sam and I, we've talked about this before, how I get an attitude sometimes because I'm like, I'm trying to love you respond like I'm trying to be in touch you know and so there's like a the good side of me doing that intentional communication and there's like the snarky side where I'm like how dare you not respond to my text message um but I think something I'm trying to learn and try to understand the balance of is like at what point do you have to do that like okay I'm reaching out and I like you said Tia like I want you to know that I'm here and then let that be it and not assign any sort of like negative 
intention to that, right? So it's like, Stan is not sitting around being like, oh, I don't like Allison. Why does she keep texting me, right? Like you have your own ways that you accept the like care that I'm trying to give you. And I need to like, let you accept my outreach in the way that works for you. I, have tr- I struggle. I struggle sometimes. Cause no, I'm like, I, think- I am caring about you, damn it. <laughs> accept this care in the way that I want I- you to accept it. And that yeah. is not, that's not advanced. Like, I'm like, let me figure that out. No, I think I have very similar feelings, very similar because the friend that I sent the card to, I, I was starting to get a little, like my feelings are starting to get a little hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And I kind of told her, I would, you know, we have these things we call like auntie moments where it's mm-hmm. like one person is the auntie and like, I'm going <laughs> to like tell you what you need to be told and you're going to receive it, you know? <laughs> so I was like, Hey, like you, your your text game is slow like what like you don't answer the phone number one right number two you're slow to respond and they're like no and so I just had to kind of take a step back you know and and sometimes you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes right you know and I think we just have to kind of look outside of ourselves but I get that feeling of being hurt you know just to just to say like hey like I know you on your phone Right. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you saw my, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, like that's maturity though. Like that comes right. with, right. I think with age, with just, you know, that empathy, that radical empathy, right? Where you're like, okay, this is really not about me. Mm-hmm. This is about what that person is going through. Like you, like you said, you don't know, even, even as close as we all are, like sometimes you just don't know what people are in the midst of like what they're in the middle of and that's like if you can get to that that point where you're just like where it rolls off your back kind of yeah you're you're practicing that radical empathy and you you're like there and I don't know like that 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 is just something that it's just gonna take a while yeah 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 and you know the other thing I was gonna say is that um I think I've reached the age that I've had several very close friends pass away. Mm. I've had at least three friends, you know, that didn't make it to their forties. Some, you know, died mid thirties. And so I just feel a pull sometimes to just, I'm going to be that person that's going to reach out. You know, I'm going to be that person to check in. I've had one of my good friends passed, Terrence, yeah. um, and Stan knew him very well. And he was just a workaholic. You know, he would just work, 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 work. And I would always like, you know, I'm just always trying to check in on him. And, you know, we're talking about like, don't give yourself to work so much mm-hmm. because, you know, if something were to happen, you know, they would replace you, you know, yeah. you know no. a right word. away. So, a word. Right, you know, so it's like, I just, I have to be very intentional because in my heart, because my friendships mean so much. At least I feel like it gives me peace to say, okay, I did my part. And when we, and when we do reconnect, then it's just like old times again, you know, no love is lost and we pick up right where we left off. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, like you said, it's, it's all about, I think just as we grow, Mm -hmm. cherishing those connections. Cause like, like we say in our, kind of in our title or whatever, that's what sustains us, right? Like these are the things like, like you said, even when I'm incommunicado, you know, as soon as we pick up, we're gonna be on the phone for two hours. Right. Like, and they gonna be, 
and them kids gonna be hungry. And then she gonna be like, I'm gonna throw a sand. <laughs> go get you a snack. Just go, go get, get some get... She's like, I don't even care. Feed yourself. I come on the phone. I don't know when I'm gonna talk to him. You know... <laughs> and I know that's exactly what you tell Joey. That's exactly what you say. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. Um, so I think we have pointed to some of this already, but I feel like there is maybe can be like one or two things that feel like really important as you think about sustaining relationships. I think we talked about, you know, intention and like maturity, but what are some other, like, what would you say is like your key thing that like, when you're like, this is how, this is like the thread that runs through my most important family relationships. Like they're held together with this. What would you say to you? Um, well, I mean, I'm pretty, I can be pretty silly, you know, like, I think like I am the person like, this is gonna like be the cut up. <laughs> Laughter is huge, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I, I think, I don't know, I just feel as a busy mom and wife and, you know, entrepreneur, like, I just need to laugh some days like things just get so heavy like I just want to be silly with my friends you know one of my girlfriends we met in middle school and like we still feel 12 years old on the inside you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. we still laugh about the same silly stuff we laughed at a long time ago and I have my friend actually that passed away we would always talk about this one fight in school these two girls, this is so silly, but these two girls got to fighting <laughs> in Miss Bailey's class stand there. <laughs> and she was like huh? the sweetest little lady. And she was just like calling the name, like, oh my God. <laughs> and so like, we would call each other and say that. And it's just like, we would just laugh for, you know, five minutes straight. So I think just sometimes it's laughter, just keep keeping it light. You know, I think that, I can bring that. Um, and also like, you know, I think the thing that kind of sustains us is just being that sounding, that sounding board, like, you know, just, just to bounce things off or just to let it out to your friends. You know, like I, like, I know I have a group of girlfriends that we, I can just kind of lay it all down, whatever it is, you know, and that helps keep us, keep us tight. You know, I don't ever mm-hmm. feel like, if I'm struggling with something, I have to struggle with it by myself. Like, you know, I can get in my own head and make myself anxious and, you know, have FOMO or I'm on social media, you know, you might feel jealous and everybody's on vacation and I'm still in quarantine and what's everybody else doing? You know, a forefriend to say, Hey, you're doing what's right for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about everything you see. I mean, she, they never tell us to log off because we still got to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, being intentional about finding something that makes you happy and, and, and you know, something that you can um, just be light about. I yeah, like no, I totally resonate with that. I, you know, you mentioned being an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur and like that, that can get so heavy sometimes. And you know, it's like Lance and I were talking the other day and I'm like, I get focused on my business and it's like, that's the best thing about our relationship is how silly we can, we are and how much we laugh. And there are times when I, I like break away from that with just like the weight of my business. And I told him yesterday, I was like, if I get like that again, I was like, just put your hands on the side of my face and just like <laughs> remind me that I like you. <laughs> 
that like <laughs> that like I do know how to laugh and smile and to relax. I was yeah. like, you're pr- please just do that to me because I I'm trying to build an empire and it's rough sometimes. Oh, it's totally rough. And, yeah. and I'm so glad you have that support, you know, because that's yes. just that's everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And even I know people do do it without having a spouse or whatever. And right. if it's their family who's supporting their business or, mm-hmm. you know, any of that, that's just so important. I'm glad you have that. Yeah. yeah. Stan, what about you? What would you um, say is kind of like the thread that sustains your family relationships? To be honest, choosing good people mm. as evidenced by you two. No, and I'm very serious. I think like the only, go ahead, take your, yeah, there you go. Shine your halo. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first grade teacher coming out. <laughs> But I think that as you get older and when you really get, you have to choose those people who will not only, like you said, keep it light, know you, know when you need that lightness, know when you need that smack on the hand, like do Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. You have to know who those people are and then you have to intentionally choose to keep them around. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, that is the thing I think that I've, is to choose people who you want around yeah, and yeah. who you want to be around. And I think that's what I've done relatively well. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's it. And the other thing I think is kind of piggyback off something both of you have said too, is just that idea of listening, of having somebody who will listen to you. I think I'm pretty good at listening, knowing mm-hmm. when to be, knowing when to be quiet and just let people, cause sometimes you just need to talk. Like you already mm-hmm. know, whatever it is the resolution is in your head, you just need to talk it out and let somebody else hear it before you act on it. And I think for me, those, those two key things, choosing the right people and then listening to those people. Like even when they're smacking your hand, you know they're te- what they're telling you is right. And then being able to listen to them so that they can process and know what they're thinking is right. I think that for me, that's been the key. And I think like if you line up all the people from my various families, whether it's people I've just recently worked with or people from college or high school or, you know, that that's the thread. There are mm-hmm. all those people. I, yeah. You know, and I think Stan made a good point because Stan has, Stan has awesome friends, you know, and he's had awesome friends that I've become friends with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like when you pick good people and then it's fun to see when your group meshes with their group and your friends become friends, like, I love that. You're right. Yeah. I mean, literally the fact that T and I have each other's phone num- phone numbers in our phone for like, have you heard from him? No. I think and try I think, again. I, and I think that's gonna be that's gonna become a theme of the season. But <laughs> like, have you heard from Stan? No. <laughs> that's that's the theme. So what have you talked to Stan? Oh, Stan. Do yeah. Do better. Do better. Do better. Do what better. are you doing all day? Like <laughs> He's at the job that pays him. I'm at the job that pays me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not an entrepreneur yet. So maybe I'll get on that train. Is that coming? I, I got to figure out what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> we still trying to figure, we still to work that part out. <laughs> right now, I will be the nine to fiver. Listen, somebody's got to do it. That's yeah, right. It's fine. That's exactly right. That's fine. Um, so for me, I will say my, my thread is creativity, which should surprise no one. Um, but I like to apply creativity to 
connections, right? So it's like, when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, there are sort of like, like you said, Tia, like we used to call each other. <laughs> now I'm like, is that, is my phone ringing? What's, <laughs> why is that happening? Um, but there's all these new ways to communicate. And there's like, in my mind, there's like some intuition that I apply about like what a, a relationship needs. And so it's like, yeah, I've been texting with you for a while. Actually, I need to look at your face. I'm, I'm gonna call you on a video chat now. Um, or like the tone, the tone of this text feels weird. Let me look at your face. Um, and then I, over the years have also, um, and this was just a, a little bit easier. It's not hard now, but a little bit easier to do as a single person, but I'm quick to hop on a plane to go to somebody. I'm like, something happened here. I come like, and then, and that has been returned to me as well, um, across my life. So, mm. you know, there's like, I remember, um, and I was looking through some old emails and saw this not too long ago, but like after my dad passed, one of my best friends was like, I can come to the funeral if you want me there for support on that day. But I also know that you need to pack up that house. And so I could also come a couple of weeks later and help you pack boxes. And I was like, yep, I don't need you at the funeral. There's going to be a million people at the funeral. I please come a couple of weeks later and, you know, sit with me while I cry and pack these boxes. And so that, you know, sort of creativity and intuition of just like, what do you, what does this relationship need? And let me like direct my resources to whatever that is, is super important. Visiting people in their home, going somewhere with people. My friend John and I, we always travel together. Um, and so just not always assuming that every relationship needs the same thing. And then like taking all of the many resources that we have to be in touch and applying it in whatever way feels appropriate at that time. It just warms my heart. That's just yeah. a, that was such an, a beautiful act of like love, like just to come and yeah. oh, I love that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. My dad used to always, my dad says that a lot though. It's about the people, particularly like when something like that happens, like when somebody transitions, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the people are going to be around like yep. right around that time. But it's like two weeks later when you're by yourself, yep. it's those people that you know you really have a connection with. Because when everybody's gone and it's quiet mm. and you just kind of look around and you're like, uh, and, the, and you know, it's going to be a knock on the door one day and it's just going to be somebody who's like, I was thinking about you and you don't know mm -hmm. how much that means until that happens. So, right. yeah. Right. right. So like how much fried chicken do you really need at your house? Like, <laughs> okay. at the finish, like it's, it's so much fried chicken and, so and, and bottles. Of I remember I was, when my, um, <laughs> when my grandmother passed, I was like, there go the funeral chicken. <laughs> It came, <laughs> and you know, you know this when my grandmother, um, Pinky, because she was Southern. Oh, I mean, like, Southern. best name ever. Yeah, oh, and so like, I was like, I called my mom was out running errands, and I was like, "There's the first funeral chicken." It Yo, came. <laughs> it came like two weeks. It came like two hours after. I was like, "How y'all know?" Do you remember when I was vegan for a minute? Do you, I don't know if you remember this. This is like, I don't like four this, years ago. Maybe. Three years ago, I was vegan. And then we had a death in our family and someone bought that Publix fried chicken over. And I was like, <laughs> vegan no more. Because <laughs> <laughs> I 
have to have this chicken and the sympathy chicken. The sympathy and it chicken. is exactly what I need and right now. <laughs> like it would be disrespectful for me not to not eat this to, chicken. Not to eat this chicken. I need to eat this chicken. And it's for Publix, like this, you know. Yeah, that's going to be delicious. Like, yeah, very good. <laughs> oh yeah, you live in Publix headquarters. Oh, oh yeah, you, yeah, Florida, you know. It's, like, Public chicken. I think they pump that smell into the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Getting out the car, like you're like, what mm, I didn't even sudden, come in here for chicken. chicken. Let me walk by this deli. <laughs> Why is that chicken so delicious? I just, I mean, you know, it's if you can't get Popeyes, I mean, Publix is a close second. I'm gonna go ahead and say I I put the Publix above the the Popeyes. Me too. I'm not a I'm not a spicy chicken person though. Uh, uh, I like a little spice. I like a little spice. I okay. Like little spice. Now I can see the Popeyes if you like a little spice, but but the Publix chicken fingers, and this is so off topic, but the Publix chicken fingers are like very like meaty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, they're 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 like real chicken. Like it's, right. If you want bone in, I think Popeyes might have a little a leg up. A leg up. Uh, uh. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> um, what's up for you, Tia? Oh my goodness! So um, my kids start school next week. On mm. hoping a prayer, please put them on, on your prayer list. list. Yep. Um, because masks are optional, and so that's a whole nother issue. So that's my that what what's up with me is getting my children ready for school because we. They've been at home since March of 2020, and um, my son finished first grade. We did second grade at home virtually, and so now they're going back to school. So I spent all last night with my cricket. I don't know if Allison I, is yep, very I creative. absolutely know what the cricket is. So I was like kind of anti-cricket, and then one day I got a cricket joy, and it's like the teeny tiny small one. So I spent all last night. Um, I made like like water bottles for the teachers and you know, I put their names on oh my them gosh. and my daughter wanted a Hello Kitty backpack and I was super last minute I went to Target of course everything's gone so I spent last night like um doing like an iron-on Hello Kitty to her backpack and her wow. pencil box and like why am I up doing this like I could do this with a magic marker or <laughs> She doesn't get the concept that you have to put your name on everything. So she thinks like, I like to just sit there all day with like my label maker and my cricket <laughs> and. Because <laughs> you're going to bring this, this book back home. Listen, listen, and you better not forget it in all your things. And oh, and the other thing is I don't get to watch a lot of TV, but I did watch the show on Netflix called um, My Unorthodox Life. Have y'all seen that? I've seen the previews for it. It's like reality TV, so. kind of like this lady left a traditional, um, you know, Jewish community in New York. Like she broke out and now she runs this like um, model talent agency, you know, in New York. That's quite a pivot. It is a pivot. And I don't know. I felt I, I, I watched a few um, like Jewish shows on Netflix. I was like, am I being targeted? Like, what? <laughs> like what's going you know, on? Net- but I, but my other friend, she's like, oh, I watched it too. I was like, okay, maybe it's just a popular show, but it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting. Okay. Maybe like, I'll check it out. For religious, like cult, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like 
always kind of drops almost, me in a little bit. It's almost like leaving the Amish, right? Like, you know how the Amish- Oh yeah. They kind of, I think it's that same concept. Like once you leave the Amish, you can't come back and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't, th- but this lady, I think, you know, it's like, it's always fascinating. Like she wore like the wig over right, her right, hair. Right. She had to be like completely covered all the time. And they aren't educated, you know, they just, the women just are raised to, you know, have babies, take care of the home. And then, you know, they're, the men, the husbands are in the forefront and she just totally like switched the game and just left. And like at my age, like she was like 42. Oh, right. See, that I didn't know. Yeah. So, wow. you, so you have to watch the show and let me know what you think. Okay. Let me know what y'all think is the, yeah, the, I think it's my unorthodox life. Oh, and there's this really fabulous gay guy on there. I kind of watch it for him, but he's like Southern and, you know, he's just like a little over the top. So he's like very entertaining. I love, I love him, Robert. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that sounds fun. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Stan, what about you? Um, For me, it is Never Have I Ever, <laughs> the Mindy Kaling show. Well, ex- executive produced by Mindy Kaling. I love it. I watched the first season in one sitting. And so season two just came out. Yeah, no. And then I watched the second season in one sitting. I just, I think it's it's a fun show. She's a jerk. So wait, can... what, is, oh, what is it about? Sorry. So um... it, oh, so the premise of it is there's this, an Indian teenager, her dad dies. And so it's about her. She's like, your t- in some ways she's your stereotypical Asian teenager. She's top of her class. She, um you know, is very, just very into that achievement. Like her goal is to go to Princeton. Mm. Like that's her main life goal. But her father passes, her mother, so she and her father were close. She and her mother are like constantly at loggerheads. Mm. Um, there's a love triangle involved. So there's her comp. So, yeah. Can I just say one thing about the love yes. triangle? And this is why <laughs> I struggle with M- Mindy Kaling sometimes. I used to watch her show. She only dates white men on her shows and she is the producer of these shows and so I just find that to be such an intentional decision that it disturbs me Mm. and the fact that while you were just saying this I was like because I watched season one like I said before we started we watched the first episode of season two and I'm like there again here are these white men boys that she's with oh is it only white boys and I just don't understand it's not that I have a problem with interracial relationships, but what I do have a problem with is this like just consistent, like Mm -hmm. I will only depict Indian people, women with white men. And I just don't get it. Okay, so I will say that- I mean, the one guy is half Korean, excuse me. So- Yeah, yeah, half, actually half Japanese. Excuse me, half (laughs) Japanese. But But I will say this second season, the cousin is- she is they, dating somebody. She's dating who an, is Indian. An, an, an Indian person, and she's also about to be. In, she's about to be in her own triangle with two Indian men, mm. and they have. Oh, I didn't get that far. Yeah, no, it, it, it it's <laughs> the end of the season. Spoiler alert. Okay. okay. She, yeah, cousin Debbie is in cousin. Um, that's not her. She's not Kamala. Cousin, cousin Kamala is about to be in a love triangle with two Indian men, okay. and it's really interesting because I guess. I'm assuming they're going to explore the fact that one dude is more traditional than the other. Anyway. Well, I think that's interesting you said that because like in the Indian culture, like they do a lot of arranged marriages and, you know, it's about the two families so much coming together. Yeah. So I wonder. Well, that that's a subplot of season two okay. of the cousin subplot is like, she's in an arranged relationship, 
but she actually likes the guy, but like the guy's not a jerk and it's not one of those, like they're getting to know each other from the arrangement. It's not like, it's not like I meet you, bam, I get married. It's like, I meet you. We're going to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. He's not a jerk. He's not ugly. Mm-hmm. So it's like the progression of that relationship. And then it's like, and I've just spoiled this for anybody who's going to watch it. I mean, <laughs> you're spoiling it for me. I plan to finish it. Well, fin- <laughs> okay. So I won't, but there's some tension there between okay. tradition and what it means to be in America. But okay. the other thing I like about it is I like the fact that Debbie is a jerk. <laughs> we don't get to see, like, I mean, she is. I mean, part of it is she's a teenager and she's just making bad teenager choices. Part of it is, is that her and her mom do not have lots of things in common. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear. Like, I like that they show that relationship that the mom is not like a great, I shouldn't say she's not a great mom. The mom is, parenting is not like natural to her. Like she's not, Mm -hmm. she's not a nurturer the way most moms are portrayed on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Like she loves, she loves Debbie. She does the best for her. But like, you can tell that nurturing, that the dad was the nurturer, right? The dad was the one that was like, I love you. The dad was the one that was like, you're perfect the way you are. And mom is like, no, I want you to do your best. You need to go to Harvard. You need to go to Princeton. You need to stop making stupid decisions. Whereas dad would be like, no, that like, that's the mom is like, the mom is you, Alice. And she's like, why are you making stupid <laughs> That's like, what I want to tell make, her. I'm like, yeah, you are no, making the, the worst possible decision. The mom, Please the, stop. The mom says that. To, like, if Ugh. you watch later on, the mom is like, why do you do these things? <laughs> do better. Yeah. Oh, and Niecy Nash as the as her therapist is amazing. Oh, Niecy uh, Nash is in? Yeah. Like, oh, man. There's so many random people Should, should we have led with that? Yes, I love Niecy, her. Yeah. Niecy Nash is always, Niecy Nash is her therapist. It's awesome. Never have I ever get into it. Oh, I might have to get into it. My watch list is so long on Netflix. <laughs> I just, well, I let can't. me add to it. Let me add to it. So what's up for me this week is a show on Hulu called everything is going to be okay. Mm. And it was recommended by my friends across the street who have a neurodiverse son. And then uh, recently learned that um, the, the, the father I'm like saying it all weird because I don't want to say his name, but anyway, uh, it's also uh, autistic. And so um, these, it's like about autistic characters. It is acted by people who are also autistic, which is very cool experience because I think I would have not liked it or even watched it if it was people playing autistic who are not. But it is fascinating. It's fascinating. It also is a little cringy at times and you're like, ah, like, why are they doing that? But it, it's great. And we got deep into that fast and there's two seasons. We just finished the second season and we're like anxiously waiting for the third. Um, again, it's on Hulu. It's really good. It's surprising. It's surprising, I would say. If you haven't had experience with autistic people, it feels different than maybe, it, for me, it felt different than what I think I thought. And so it was, it's a great story. It's like a super interesting story, but then it also is just like a cool look at how autism can present when, you know, there's sort of a narrative that I heard, had only heard and it added to that. So it's very well, good. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we all got things to watch. That's right. No time to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you over there make it, making uh, labels and, and, 
right handmade right right (laughs) it's my fault somebody take her cricket um all right well that is our show for today Thank you, Tia, for joining us. Thank you for having us. Such a delight. Maybe we could just do a regular, a regular call. Right. Without recording it and putting it on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) If Allison schedules it, um, Stan will come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was shade. That was was some shade. Yes. My ring light just went off from all that shade. Support for this podcast comes from Lilacs on Your Creative Studios. The family meeting is produced by me and Allison. Our theme song is produced by Will Salua, entitled 135th in Coffee. Yeah, tell us how can people get in touch with you and see your amazing art? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's my first name, Tia Valia, T-I-A-V-A-L-Y-A. So at Tia Valia. And my website is TiaValia.com. Awesome. And you can also check you out if you're in Huntsville, Alabama at the Harrison Brothers. Explain a little bit more about that. I know it's at Harrison Brothers. Um, Hardware store. Hardware store. So um, I'm in an exhibit called Rooted in History. It's currently at Harrison Brothers Hardware Store downtown on the square. Um, My artwork will be there until the end of September. And then in October, I'm going to be in a show in the Shoals at the Tennessee Valley Arts Museum. So follow me on social and I'll be updating you guys on that next exhibit. All right. You can find the show notes on what we discussed, including links posted in the blog section on lilacsonyork.com. You can keep up with the show on Instagram at lilacsonyork and on Twitter at The Framley Meeting. You can also now watch us have these conversations on the Lilacs on York channel on YouTube. You can find me on social at Allison K. Mason on IG and Twitter, even though I do not tweet. You can find me on social at Twice11 on IG and Twitter, even though I do not post to IG. Thanks for listening. Meet you here next week. Bye.